0: Well, It's time to wake up. It's time for transformation. It's time to make of your life a masterpiece of art.
1: Welcome to The Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Let's dive in and get started. Today's guest is Don Jose Ruiz. Jose is the international best-selling author of The Fifth Agreement. As a Toltec master of transformation and modern day shaman, he has dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Toltec through his books, lectures, and his journeys to sacred sites throughout the world. Some of his other books include Ripples of Wisdom, My Good Friend the Rattlesnake, the wisdom of the shamans and the medicine bag. Welcome to the show, Jose. Thank you, brother, for inviting me. Very honored to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. I love, uh, I love your books, Jose. I love your videos. If if you haven't seen videos of Jose, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see him because he's an amazing speaker. Um, and well, so my first question in the in the Toltec tradition, I've heard you say that our job isn't to learn but to unlearn all the ways we go against ourselves, which I know is a big, big thing, going against ourselves. Can you just explain that a
0: little bit, Jose? Yes, like saying, like the Toltec word in Nahuatl means artist, artist of the spirit, so Toltec means artist. So in the Toltec tradition, I grew up learning inside of me that there's nothing to learn but unlearn what takes my inspiration away to live life. Because sometimes, you know, we get uninspired, we get unmotivated, and we don't have the desire to live or to raise anything or to take action and we don't take action, nothing happens. And then we go into the cycle of complaining and then the artist, you know, doesn't create from the heart. But once, you know, we become aware that we are blocked mentally, that we give our power away, then it begins to target the point that we need to remove from our point of awareness and not with hate, not with anger, but realizing that that had us trapped. So it won't, we won't find the trap in that world again. So it's... Life is, uh, how we live life is an art. So it's time to unlearn to what takes our inspiration to live life away so we can return to live like the artist, you know, that we are meant to be. So the moment that we we identify something that's helping us to shine and to be happy, then we target it. Like a little example that I did in my personal life, the, la- the last big obstacle that I did, you know, because I conquered my mind, I conquered my thoughts, but still, I was still with the program of putting junk food and negative food into my body, and I used to weigh like 258 pounds. So unhealthy, my heart, you know, fatty heart, fatty liver, all this medicine that I used to take, until one day I had an epiphany. Okay, if I continue to do what I love to do, to walk my path, I have to, you know, confront myself. And many people, you know, I see it in my tradition, you have the unhealthy shaman, the unhealthy messenger, you know, they talk about love, but they don't take care of the body. So I said, okay. I've been hiding behind it. So it's time to unlearn what I put into my 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 body. So I, I learned all the foods that make me sick. I learned how to eat them. You know, I, I I begin little by little, not today, not today, not today. And in not today's month happens, month passed by, and I lost all that weight. I, now I weigh like 148 pounds. That is my normal weight to 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 weigh. And and all the sickness went away. My fatty heart went away, my fat liver went away. I began running like a 20-year-old again. So I came back to life because I unlearned the ways. But how comfortable it would have been, you know, to not take action and and blame everybody else, you know, blame the diets that people take, the vegan lifestyle, the keto lifestyle, the the exercise, the boot camp, waking up at 5 in the morning. (laughs) And then I noticed that people do that because they feel uncomfortable, because they don't take the action, because they don't want to unlearn. And this is what we mean in the Total tradition, to unlearn. Is the way of the Totec. Then we can learn what gives us pressure what, pressure, what gives us the inspiration to move on.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful, Jose. Um, you know, I've heard you, you know, I've listened to a number of your lectures and your talks. You said when you were younger, I know you've talked about how you were in a dark place with, uh, with suffering, with addiction. And, you know, one of the things that came into my mind is not everybody gets out. But you were able to get out. I mean, how did you, for anybody listening who's maybe dealing with their demons right now, you know, how were you able to make it to the other side?
0: Well, when I got to the nerve point that could have been the end, my physical body got scared and he was telling me, we're at the end. And I got scared. I got really scared, especially putting all the substance into my body and living with paranoia, living with paranoia. I really wanted to change. It's not that I wanted to go to a, uh, a place to change you know to help me so my resistance you know when a lot of bad experiences begin happening i was aware that it was life or death in that moment and you know i i jump into an uh, a ocean like i was intoxicated with vodka and i jump into an ocean you know that ocean almost drowned me because it was like a blender but then i i began talking to the ocean i made a deal with myself saying if you let me go i i will give you my word that i will do everything in my power to walk the path of my ancestors. And magic happened, a friend put me out of the water, give me CPR, and you know, I'm, I'm alive right now. But every time I tried to break that decision, I just hurt myself. So in one point saying, okay, if I'm gonna leave the addiction, I, if I'm gonna leave the addiction world, I have to make this commitment of unlearning that like we spoke earlier. But the interesting part was brother, because the addiction, you know, the, 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 the crystal meth became, you know, the, that was my addiction. And then it became an addiction of relationship. Then it became an addiction of food. So then I was noticing that all those were addictions being translated into something else. I was still running away until I began really noticing my domestication. And in domestication of this world, you know, we didn't really choose how to handle death or how to handle an end of relationship. When, When those things happened and we were bringing out life, when we were living in life, when those things happened, we already say, "Oh, this is happening to me, so I have to suffer now." I have to, and like I was saying the other day, when when my grandfather died, I was feeling pain. When my father died, and, and had a heart attack, I was feeling this pain that I used against myself. But he gave me a good choice. Is that the way you're going to celebrate the death of your father's son, hurting yourself, dishonoring, showing me the pain? So in that moment, I felt like I was ungrateful and selfish, and this is what we do it in the world. When there's ever an opportunity to suffer like a heartbreak, a death of the family or something like that, we take it to the extreme because we're not really honoring, it hurts, of course it hurts, don't take me wrong. It hurts, but how do we live life when somebody passed 20 years ago and we're living the, like if there's still past today or a heartbreak that was 20 years ago and exactly was I broke up with that Jose that I used to live with in my 20s. I broke up with Jose that I used to be with the 30s. I broke up with myself in little ways. And then later, I begin finding the true self that supports and respects me, how I need to be treated. And then how I treat myself, I find a relationship that no one has the right to scream at me. I don't have the right to scream at nobody. I don't have the right to sacrifice my heaven, my dream, in the name of love, because then I'm corrupting love. How many people promise to their new relationship? I promise you heaven, because they're just in love. They're not even thinking rationally, because even that they told us how to do. Because reality, humans don't know how to love. We know how to possess. I love you if you do what I do. But the moment that you begin unlearning, you begin seeing the whole program of the dream. And this is what I really discovered that my father's teaching. Imagine you're the only sober person in a room where everybody's completely drunk, but not drunk with substance, drunk with the addiction of suffering. And this is when we wake up living a dream. So now we don't like our dream, we can change it. And this is the path of the Toltec. In the toltec tradition, there's nothing to learn but to unlearn, and it's growing up
1: basically that's great you know and, and something else that i heard you say is how you um you are the love of your life and i was thinking you know imagine if everyone like every person listening everyone out there was madly in love with themselves i mean what the world would be like how how do you think we can get better at practicing self-love jose for the average person listening out there how do we get better at at, at loving ourselves
0: the first thing is to stop listening how to learn how to love ourselves because it's something we do naturally. When someone tells us that we're doing it wrong, we begin to what? To doubt ourselves. that thinking we're doing it wrong. Then we become enabled. Then we cannot even think for ourselves. And then we walk in eggshells because we don't even support our own voice. The moment that we support our own voice and listen to our voice and not be afraid of our failures or successes because they all go together. You know, a chemist didn't get the right, you know, the the nice perfume, and just in the first try, it had to do a lot of tests. And also with us in life, we went through a lot of relationships, we went through a lot of learning. But the beautiful thing about it is honesty. When you're honest with yourself, you cannot lie to yourself. We can go to a psychic gossip about ourselves, we can go to a psychiatrist gossip about ourselves, and it's good if we don't want to see ourselves Everything is a level of awareness. But when you just hit that road, and when you just crash face force, and you know what you're doing, but you don't want to listen to yourself, then honesty is it's your best ally because you're being honest to let you know what you're doing that is going against yourself. And one thing that I noticed that I was going against myself, I was using fear, why? Because I didn't respect fear. I was afraid of fear and I ran away from fear and fear in my life, I discovered that is an energy that deserves respect. So because it lets me aware of what I'm feeling, what I can destroy, what I need to tackle, what I need to overcome, it's my ally. It's like having a co-pilot saying, you're gonna crash and you go, shut up you. No, I will, I'm gonna crash. No, the co-pilot seeing something that you're not seeing. So the same thing I'm saying to myself, the co-pilot is my consciousness. My reaction is the one who just driving blindly and emotionally. But then I'm into a, a big you know, commitment in life. When i married to Jose, when I married myself for better or worse, my responsibility is to take care of the love of my life, which is myself. And every day that I wake up, brother, I make this prayer, my life protect me from myself. May I not irritate myself, irritate by what's happening in life and give people power and use them to hurt myself. And this is something that I learned in my first marriage. I disrespected my wife, using her to hurt myself and she did the same thing. That's why when we both talk to another saying we're not happy, And you know, to to make the decision when you realize you love somebody and you realize that they're hurting themselves with you, what can you do, stay so they can hurt themselves more? No, I I did the, the most heartbreaking thing that I did in that moment was to walk away. But then I noticed that I walk away was the great decision for her and me because I was in a disrespectful relationship with her. We were both hurting each other. And by her love, it's like waking up from a nightmare, just like Robin Williams. Did in the, my dream, in the movie, My Dreams May Come, she said to his wife, you know, I may lose myself in hell, but I prefer to be in hell for eternity than be without you. And this is exactly what our essence, what our energy, what our spiritual force comes into life, to seek kindness, to seek love, to stop the coldness, to end the machismo, because machismo is a way of life that suppress cold to stop our emotions so we can step on ants, so we can step on children, so we can abuse women and abuse ourselves and push everybody away. And we're not love, we're fear. And in this dream of the plan, they say it's better to be feared because you're respected instead of love because when you're loved, people manipulate you. And it's not true. It's just a, a false greed to control humanity. Like my puppy teach me the power of the cookie. Once you are aware that you have the power of a cookie, it means your consciousness, and everybody wants that cookie, you can manipulate that. And this is what happened in spirituality. Many people begin manipulating the hurt and need. And this is why to tackle down the corruption of spirituality is to be honest with oneself. To say, okay, I'm having a hard time here. If I really want to look at the end of a relationship of self-abuse, it's like imagine your body is your own child. And your kid is getting abused with your next spouse, let's say a second marriage. And the person is hurting your child. What are you going to do? Pretend it's not happening like many people do? And then that child becomes full of wounds and does a crazy act in this world because he just wants to be loved because he's not understood. This is the moment that we begin understanding where people come from because we have right now the world that is divided with anger and nobody understands where they're coming from or what their parents put into their head. They're just a program that they're just doing some other battle. They're not coming from the heart. And the people who have come to spirituality to wake up, we don't pick sides, you know, because we know what it feels to to believe in suffering. And we have the medicine. And like Jesus says, you know, my kingdom is not of your kingdom. My kingdom belongs to take care of the love of my life because this is where God lives. Everybody in this world is doing that with themselves. We're carrying something precious. Like when the conquistadors came to the old Mexico, they wanted to take all the precious stones, but the old shamans, the Nahuas, hit those stones so they couldn't be hidden. Of course, that was just a philosophy because those stones were, a sacred consciousness that they can never take away.
1: Beautiful. Um, Jose, I, I remember hearing that uh, Gandhi was once asked about his message to the West, and he said, my life is my message. And I've heard you say something similar, that we are all messengers. What message, Jose, are we all carrying and
0: sharing with the world? Well, it's the message that we give to ourselves. We're all our messengers. The question it is: what kind of messenger are we? What's the relationship that we give to ourselves into the people that we say we love with all our heart? And we look at it without guilt and shame. Just to look at it to make a transformation, an act of power, like a, a decision. It's life or death, you know? And and then we, we we look at it. Okay, if I like my message, I'll continue. But if I don't like it, I can change it. It's like my dad said to me, you know, life is like a dream, son. And if you don't like your dream, you can change it. You can change your life. And the first thing you will witness, all the excuses, why not to? All the justifications why not to? And then you say, you're just complaining to yourself. You're just making excuses. So the best thing to do is to listen to the real you, to to listen to the prayer, to listen to your message. Because when you're giving a a, a prayer, you're giving a message to the messenger, the angel, the guardian angel to take care of you. And when we do a prayer, who's listening we are, we listen to our own prayer. And that's something that, you know, that is started in life that when we pray our guardian angel is outside of us. No, this is our guardian angel. This is the one that serve us. The, the, the mother, it is the body of life. But we are the energy that gets inside mother so we can be alive. And this is what it means, the little angel holding the Virgin of Guadalupe. You know, it's a messenger carrying in life. Or the tiger in the Hindu tradition, the tiger that writes and, and gives mama, divine mother, the goddess, a right too. It's because that's what we're here to do in life. Your strong force, your strong will. It is your message, and the one who is witnessing and going for a right is Divine Mother. So this is why Divine Mother says to us in a dream, in the Totec tradition and meditation, how you treat yourself is how you're treating me. How you treat everybody else is how you're treating me. And you talk about feminism, you talk about love, but it's not about gender, it's about taking care of the planet. And the planet begins with our body, and then it expands to our family, to our friends, to even the animals and the plants, you know? We get domesticated to why do we eat animals? Why do we hurt animals? You know, no one's that hungry. Like uh, one of my favorite artists says, you know, and the same thing, no one's that hungry would to collect the greediness of life, you know, to collect, to go to the supermarket and get all the just egg because, you know, you're going to run out and then people who want it, you know, they're not going to get it. And then the just egg in someone's refrigerator will go bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. Jose, I, I've heard you talk about. Um, I know you used to like, um, or you probably still do, like rock music and uh, talking about going to an Ozzy Osbourne concert and and some of that that awesome stuff. You know, you said that you know whatever you're doing, love what you do, love your quest, um, and how it's an ex- and maybe just go on talk a little bit about how you know whatever you're doing, whether you're at an Ozzy Osbourne concert, whether you're writing your new book, um, it's all sort of a spiritual experience.
0: Yes. It's, the, it's what I call the dancing of flames because the flame is the passion. So when you're passionate about something, your body just takes over and celebrates life. Like for me, I've been the, in the process of going to a lot of bhajans. I have the gift of meeting a lot of divine masters in India, in Mexico, and in Native Americans, and in also in cathedrals, in, in churches, and also synagogues. So I hear a lot of music, and what I find is the passion how they sing, how they pray. And sometimes I don't understand the language, but understand the feeling that's happening. So sometimes I see even masters like gurus or swamis or shaman or, or divine grandmothers walk out into a room and, you know, the the devotees receive her like a rock star, you know, because it's that energy. And when we're in rock concerts, it's like church, because when you're singing a song, you go to a stranger and you're both singing the same songs from the 80s or the 70s or whatever we grew up to, especially when you go to a Paul Carney concert, you have all generations there, from like five-year-olds to 90-year-olds. But, you know, but you're celebrating to somebody you don't know, but the music speaks to you. And, and that's like a spiritual experience. That's why no one can tell us what the spiritual experience it is. And I joke, you know, like my heart is divided between Krishna Das Morrissey, and Iron Maiden, you know, and the Mode, you know, it's because in reality, I love to dance. Just like the last day in India, I was with my friends and, and we decided to dance in Rishikesh, Arty. And it was just, no, no matter what the drum was playing, you just begin letting loose. And it's about that, breaking the, 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 the mind structure of the stiffness, of not dancing, of being the little kids in the corner with the little drink, ne- never dancing, but look at everybody, you know, because they have no one to dance to. If you have no one to dance to, just dance alone and people will come and dance with you because that's the place of celebration. That's why I call myself the cosmic dancer, because I begin dancing to any kind of music that moves my heart. And the beautiful thing is when I'm in the car and I begin listening to any kind of music and I smile, I turn around and my co-pilot is my little puppy, you know, he has this smile and smiles, you know, it's a genuine puppy smile, you know, and I changed the lyric to say his name, you know, that's what I mean. It's about, about the lyric, it's about the music behind it. Because like Santana says, they asked Santana in a little interview, what is your favorite pedal for your sound? He goes, there is no pedal, it's the soul to hear it before it even comes out of you. And that's what it is, you know, where body is a mystical instrument and that is also the messenger. The messenger that it is in many gardens and many aspects, but when they see us enjoying life, it's contagious.
1: Wow, absolutely it is. A um, couple more questions, um, I ask this to everyone I talk to. For anybody listening, Jose, who's feeling a little bit powerless, a little hopeless right now about their life and their future, what would be one thing that you'd recommend that maybe they could do today to, to maybe help them take their life in a new direction?
0: Well, to resurrect fate. And I don't, want, I don't mean the corrupt and blind fate that only believe 90% in something, no. I mean fate, complete fate, and into what? into themselves. And like my father says, I'm not talking about hope, which is the last demon of Pandora's box, hoping for the day that will come. No, it's having faith in ourselves because when we have faith in ourselves, it activates the intent that we really are. Now with that intent that we really are, it's time to take action and to surrender things that didn't work in our life, to let those things go. Because a dream will be put away so a new dream can rise. And the, dream, the new dream cannot rise until you let all those excuses, all the justifications go. So it's time for you to not let anything get between you and God, between you and Divine Mother, and between you and yourself, because you're the artist. And it's time to unlearn any kind of mindset that makes you think that you cannot overcome anything, that makes you powerless. It's time to get your power back and to listen to the prayer. And when you listen to your prayer, you listen to their own self. And remember, honesty. Honesty is the key. And I want you to imagine that you're looking in front of the mirror. And I want you to actually be in front of the mirror if you would like to, and look at that reflection that's looking at you before and imagine it that you have never seen it before, but look into those eyes. Those eyes, they're loyal to you. They've always been loyal to no matter what, and they will continue being loyal to you. It will go with you wherever you take it. Are you ready to be loyal to those eyes? Are you ready to be loyal the same way that those eyes are loyal to you? Are you ready to be loyal to the love of your life that is the real you? Well, it's time to wake up. It's time for transformation. It's time to make of your life a masterpiece of art and to be the Toltec that you were born to do. And when we talk about Toltec, we're not talking about the Toltec about 2,500 years ago, no. We're talking about the Toltec of today, the artists of today. And you have a message to deliver, but first it goes with yourself and then it will continue with our brothers and sisters. And remember, we have all work for the same boss. When we tackle ourselves and serve our heaven, our garden, then we can continue on celebrating the cosmic dance.
1: <laughs> Jose, if, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 30, I'm not sure how old you are, but if you, had, if you had the opportunity to go back, say 30, 35 years, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self way back, way back when?
0: Yes, it would be when I was 11 years old. And I would tell myself, To grow up, Jose, because I wanted to grow up so fast, grow up with the older kids, the older cousins, I said, Jose, to grow up, you don't have to have drama. You don't have to have, you know, heartbreaks. You don't have to, you know, create all these things that the adults are doing. They're just reacting in tantrums. To grow up, you don't have to live that way of addiction, of suffering. You can always be a kid and be responsible. You can always shine your heart and not sacrifice it for anything. And to people who are around you, your neighborhood, the kids who the parents were not there because that's when you got tempted to do drugs, you know, I want you to realize that they didn't pick, but you have a choice. You don't have to become like that. You have another dream to go and you will overcome it. Yes. But I really want you, when you overcome it, to never forget where you come from to never let the ego take you that you're thinking you're special to somebody else. They will give you all these titles, shaman, swami, but you're just another kid from a bad neighborhood that got another opportunity to life. And when you resurrect, I want you to really realize that that addiction, that suffering was made for you because it believe that you can overcome it. And this is what I say to everybody else too. Everything that happened to our life was supposed to happen because it happened. It teaches us the history of life. Now it made us what we are because there's going to be a time where there will be another kid like we are right now. I can't, I can't speak to an 11-year-old Jose right now, but I can speak to another kid that's 11, 15-year-old who went through the same thing I did. That's like what you went through. And we have the medicine for them because we had it for ourselves. And this is what I say in life, nothing is in vain. All our journey, sooner or later, that's a complete circle. And the only thing we have to do is start the love of our life. Don't worry about bringing the problems because they will come anyways. Don't worry about reopening wounds because if you have a cut that you will have to close, let the past go, let the dead be dead and it's time to follow the living and you are alive.
1: Beautiful, Jose. Let me just wrap up here real quick. That was amazing. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So here's to getting started today, right now. Living with awareness, living with intention, and living with purpose. Stay well, everyone.